Are you running your business like an employee or the badass business owner you really are? Come on inside and learn about Sarah Kahn's corporate rehab. It's time for the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast designed specifically for female online business owners. I'm your host, Teresa Cleveland, and I believe we can all make a difference in that having a successful online business is one of the best ways to do that. Let's be real though, growing an online business isn't always easy, it definitely doesn't look sexy all the time, and it's one of the most fulfilling endeavors you can take on. There are no secrets to building a successful business, there's just the stuff you don't know yet, and we'll be talking about it all here in the cafe. Whether you're on your way to six figures or be you are in the right place. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome to the cafe. I'm Teresa and I'm thrilled that you're here today. I am so excited to share Sarah Khan with you. I want to absolutely encourage you to check the show notes and connect with Sarah online. She is a force to be reckoned with. In today's episode, we're talking about how Sarah got into the online space and a pivotal moment in her journey, which of course led to a variety of other topics, including her corporate rehab community. I think you're going to get a lot out of our conversation, and I want to give you a heads up. There are cuss words involved, and I'm sure you're probably not surprised by that. As you'll hear, there are quite a few things that we want to come back and talk about on another day. And after the episode, Sarah and I got together and we talked about it and she will be back. We're going to do once a month for at least the end of this year. So uh, September, October, November, and December, Sarah will be back for one episode each month where we're going to talk about some of the BS we see out here in the online space. And to be clear, we are not bashing people. We are talking about and calling out practices and some of the things that are going on in the online space that thankfully more and more people are standing up and saying, you know what, I'm just not on board to support those type of business practices anymore. I would absolutely love to know what you think about our conversation today. Be sure to jump over to our Facebook group. You can get there by going to growthstrategiescafe.com forward slash Facebook. And also be sure to jump into Sarah's group. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash corporate rehab. I think you're going to love it. I'm going to give you Sarah's bio real quick, and then we'll jump right into the episode. Sarah Khan is an operations strategist and consultant committed to busting the BS in the online service space. Her expertise is in bringing clarity to chaos by helping ex-corporate visionary women business owners identify and prioritize clear action steps to achieve their goals while managing all the moving pieces of their business. Sarah's passion lies in rewiring corporate and employee mindset, the myths and shoulds of what it means to run a successful online business and the mental and emotional transition of moving from corporate employee to business owner in your own right. Through her grounded, pragmatic approach to business and leadership development, she sees through the FOMO, cuts out the butts, and holds you accountable to your vision. Here we go. Hey, Sarah, thanks so much for being here. I've been looking forward to this. I love the way you show up. I love your energy. And I'm going to recommend that 
everybody start following you online, whether they're <laughs> business owners or not, because they're just so much good shit. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Absolutely. So we're now into August and some people have totally lost sight of this. Some people do it. Some people don't. But did you do word of the year? I did. I did it in January. It's only the second time I've done it. And while I haven't really kept it at the front forefront of my mind, it's it's been there. And it's like, a, you know, I, I come back to it every once in a while. I see it on a post-it note. And weirdly, even though I'm not following it like every day doing some kind of ritual with it, I have been following it kind of unconsciously. My, my word was intentional. And I do feel like this year okay. I'm a lot more intentional about stuff. I think that's the biggest benefit of doing that, even if you never look at it again. You know, some people don't remember what it is. So that's, but I find that in those cases, it doesn't work because they picked a word that they should, Yeah. right? That they should choose. It wasn't like a real word for them. It was like, well, they couldn't think of anything else. So it's that buzzword of, growth or you know something yeah. like that but i find that when we choose them intentionally that they just show up along the way without really it being a big deal yeah but i think you have to do the prep work right like if you actually follow is it christine kane i think it's her like she's the one who kind of started it all off in like a more mainstream way she has an entire workbook that you can download for free and, and it walks you through like how to choose your word the first year i did it i didn't do that i just picked a word like you said and it didn't really do me much good this year i actually went through the process and found the word that fit where i wanted to be and i found that having done the process to arrive at the word actually made a lot more sense and it's actually helped me kind of integrate it into my everyday because there's more meaning behind it right it's not something that I just plucked out of the ether, like you said, because people were talking about it. And that's what's kind of helped me keep it in the back of my mind every time I make a decision. Right, because it's the energy behind it. I have not seen her workbook. I'll have to uh, check that out. For me, it's always if I have one, fine. If I don't have one, but I let it come to me. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there have been years that it's just been like, oh, maybe I'm not having one this year, you know, all right, I go on and then it just shows up. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's like I, so I let it pick me kind of. It's like anything like January 1st is not some magical like you don't cross the magical barrier where all things suddenly become new and, and wonderful right like they should just gotta come to you when it comes to you and I think as long as you're doing the work in the background it'll show up when it's supposed to when it's when it's right and it's not something you force I didn't pick my word on January 1st I can't even remember it's probably February by the time <gasps> I really you know figured out what it was gonna be and I went back and forth a few times and it's there it's good it's there. I love that because it's, it is so true. It's just that thing where, you know, there was probably for in some communities, a collective <gasps> gasp, like, <laughs> what? You didn't have it on January 1st? I know. Blasphemy. And, you know, that whole <laughs> January 1st magic door, you know, yes, it's a clean slate for the coming 365 days, but so was three weeks ago and six weeks, like there's always another 365 where we get to choose. Yep. I love all the programs that come out at the beginning of the year. Oh, I know. And most I just of them are like see dead. the ads. Most of them are dead by Valentine's Day. Exactly. So that's where I, even in our marketing, we come in the end of February, beginning of March and say, then say, okay, now that that's out of the way, yeah. let's get to the real shit. The real year actually 
probably starts and I'm and I'm not joking for most people the real actual year when they really get down to shit and they really get serious is probably mid-March early April and you know what thank you for saying that it's because January 1st that magical day is when so many people start even planning for the year we do ours in October so when by the time January gets here we're rolling along but so many people Mm -hmm. and I mean some of it is just an immaturity in business and I just mean that in how long they've been in business they don't really know yet yeah but I see that where it's just like you're wasting like the first quarter, just like you're saying, it's like March-ish when you're really starting to hit your stride. Yeah. When I was a teacher, we didn't plan for September in September, right? We planned for September in June and in May. And that's really, I'm and I'm glad you brought that up. That's how you got to plan your year. Your first quarter, you should be planning that in October at the absolute latest so that you can, you know, you're not supposed to be planning for the new year in January. That's not how it works. And it's in June, people like freak out. What do you mean? We're talking about Black Friday specials and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, because you need to do that now. You need to have that in place. <laughs> and plan. Ahead. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> other episode. Thanks so much for all of that. Let's talk about you and your journey. You know, we all have a billion and one moments that were just like, oh, we thought we couldn't go any further. And then we pushed and we got through this whole episode that I do with guests like you. It's about letting those women know like, you know what, somebody else has been there. It's okay. Don't panic. You know, there's no secrets here. There's just the shit you don't know yet. And by sharing our pivotal moments, it just helps them know like, oh my God, okay, if Sarah got through it, I can get through it. So would you share a pivotal moment in your journey? Oh gosh, sure. Um, Honestly, I think my my biggest pivotal moment is probably quite similar to a lot of people right now. It was COVID. I've been a corporate shill, as I affectionately call myself, for over 20 years. And I started my business in, I mean, unofficially in 2018. And it was a side hustle. I never expected it to be anything else. It was in response to having been laid off yet again while I was pregnant. First time I was laid off, I was pregnant. Second time I was laid off, I was pregnant. So I'm not going to go into that story just yet. But I started the business just to kind of, okay, we need some cash coming in because the funny thing was I got laid off during my mat leave and my husband got laid off from his job on Boxing Day when my baby was a month and a half old. (laughs) So we were like, ah, panic. So 2018 started the business. I needed some income just to kind of get me through till I figured out what I was going to do. And then I got hired back and still had the business going and then COVID hit. And for me, it was just the most incredibly stressful time because I was trying to work a nine to five job from home with my kids home with my husband home, he was trying to run his like work in his job. And it was a new job. And it was just, you know, this constant stress of trying to keep my kids hidden, trying to make sure they were being schooled, trying to make sure that they had their needs met. And my boss continually telling me that if you're busy with your kids, you're not really working. Your kids can't show up in them. Can you please put them somewhere while we're having our meetings? And then the meetings became, you know, double in time and having to account for all the administration that went along with accounting for what I was doing at home, constantly feeling like I wasn't doing enough because I was at home. It got to be too much. And I broke down after I got sick in uh, November of 2020 and my doctor had put me on stress leave. And that's something that I, for me at that point in that time, I had a huge amount of shame around it because I had literally worked through 
everything through a cancer diagnosis, through a back injury where I was on bed rest for three months. I had worked through the death of my mother. I had worked through so much stuff in corporate that suddenly now my doctor's putting me on stress leave. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I felt so much shame around it. I should be able to just push through. And when I went back after my 30 days and he reevaluated me and he was like, no, you, you still need to be off. And I sent a letter to HR and they were like, yeah, no, you need to come back. That was the moment where I was like, okay, now I need to figure out, do I leave or do I continue down this road and just keep accommodating for what they want? And my husband was like, you do whatever you need to do. We will get through it. And God bless him because I, I made the decision to leave corporate. And this is coming from someone who has literally not been without a job since she was 16 years old. I'm 46 this year. Do the math. Oh, wow. It was frightening. It was absolutely terrifying. And yet the day I quit, everyone in my family was like, you look so relaxed. Inside I was terrified, but the stress was gone. And the reason I tell you this is because it has taken me two years to really understand how that corporate girl was still continually showing up in my business. I quit my job and started my business because I wanted freedom. I wanted the ability to make my own decisions. I wanted the ability to make my own choices, to be with my kids when I needed to be with them, not have them in daycare, not have someone else looking after them, uh, not having to hide them somewhere when I had a meeting. And yet every time I met with a client, every time I had a discovery call, every time I met with an accountability partner, kids, shh, you gotta be quiet. Go sit and like, go sit over there, go sit over there. And the day I was like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no more. Let my kids sit in my lap, take a break for two minutes to go get a juice box, answer my older daughter's questions. Everything just fell into place. Everything. And I finally realized, girl, you did this to have freedom and you haven't allowed yourself to have the freedom. And if this is how you want to show up, because this is what's authentic to you, show up this way. And if people don't like it, they're not for you. And I know a lot of people throw that around in the online space. Oh, they're not your ideal client if. But when you are like, I got bills to pay and I have a mortgage to pay and I've got mouths to feed, that's really hard to acknowledge and embrace because you need the money. And I'm here to tell you, I understand that. But the sooner you're able to make the switch from I will serve everybody to I will only serve the people who align with me, your business will completely transform. That is my promise to you. Tremendously. It's finding that courage and it's finding that authenticity. That is the hard part because there's so much bullshit online. There's so much bullshit online about how you're supposed to show up and how you're supposed to run your business and what looks professional and what doesn't. Oh my gosh, we'll, we'll have you back because we'll just have a total rant session about some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And I think, you know, going back to you were still in that place and you were still, well, why wouldn't you be? We live our lives like that. Yeah. right? This is as much as we don't want to do that, we want something different. We still it's programmed. It's just there. And we don't even realize it. Oh, yeah, we don't. What happened for you then when do you remember like the first time your kids were just there and how that went within them? Because here's the thing, a lot of people you're right, talk about it and throw it around. But it when it comes down to the wire, it's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and take this client. And I'm still going to behave this way because I need to pay the bills, right? And it is so much about who you become, like you're saying, finding the courage. And there are so many other little things that happen there. So it's who you become and embracing that. But so what happened that first time that that happened for you? Because, you know, we all are standing, you know, at different times on that precipice, mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, my God, I'm about to do this, everything might just go to shit. You know? <laughs> 
I feel like that on a daily basis. Everything's going to go to shit. I think I, I was working with a client who she had like six kids and one was just an infant. And we had a meeting one day and she was like, I'm sorry, my babysitter quit on me yesterday. I don't have anyone to look after the little one. Do you mind if he's in the room? Well, and I'm like, not at all. Like, why would I mind? I have kids. That's cool. Like, if it's not bugging me. And then the baby started to cry. And she's like, oh my gosh, do you mind if I if I feed the baby? I'm like, no, girl, do whatever you need to do. Like, this is, this is okay. And I'm really good at holding space for people, how they need to show up. And it, it doesn't bother me because I'm super cool about all that kind of stuff. And it was after that meeting that I was like, wait a second. She's a multiple six-figure business owner who's apologizing to me because she has to feed her kid while we're having a, a strategy call. There's that Something here doesn't feel right. And then uh, I had to call myself on my own bullshit. And I was like, wait a second, Sarah, you do the same thing. When you have a meeting with a client, when you have a strategy call, you've got either the older daughter wrangling the younger daughter. You've got to coordinate with your husband to make sure she's downstairs or whatever. And it's just constant stress because if she's having a bad day and she wants mom, are you going to cancel all your meetings? Are you going right. to constantly apologize to people? Like re constantly restructure what your day looks like to accommodate for that? And I was like, I can't do that. I did that in corporate. Every time my kid got sick, I had to find someone to look after them. I remember being in an exam once. There was one student left and I got a call from the daycare. Your daughter has a raging fever of 102. You need to come get her. And I couldn't find anyone to step in to invigilate the exam. And so I spent the entire hour and a half that that student was in there texting people, trying to find someone to go and get my daughter. And I never want anyone to have to go through that. And I didn't want to go through that myself again. So I decided my next meeting, I'm going to allow the kids to just be where they are. And the little one, she came running up to me in the middle of this meeting, sat in my lap, and I felt terror. Like I was watching my client's face. You know what? My client didn't bat an eyelash, an eyelash, an eyelid. It did not phase her at all. Now, having said that, I've also worked with clients who look visibly pissed off when my kid is in the room, let alone in my lap. And I've learned over time that those are indeed not my people. Right? I was going to say, I have a feeling you don't work with those people anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. I've had... <laughs> I had a client once who um, she had multiple pets and during our meetings would, you know, regularly have to let them out or pick them up. And again, fine. It does not phase me. But I was never granted the same grace with my kids, you know, just to have them in the, in the Zoom call, in the, in the screen. So it does take time. It does take time to find your comfort zone. I'm still very particular about, you know, discovery calls. Like I don't have my kids running around in discovery calls only because I respect that person's time and I want to make sure that we are the right fit. But once we get to know each other, if the kid runs in and says, mom, can I have a, a juice box? I'm not going to tell her off, I'm going to say, pardon me for one moment. Yeah, go ask your sister, right? Like it, life happens. And I think COVID really brought that into relief for us because we've all been kind of forced to put our lives on camera. We can't hide them anymore, right? And when we were forced to do it, it's just like the exhaustion from having spent years hiding parts of your life. It just went away. It does. Now, as you're uh, onboarding clients, mm -hmm. is this something you, is this part of your onboarding, you know, documents and stuff like that? Do you make it very clear for from the beginning because you know. Oh yeah, it's on my website. It's part of my, I have all my values on my website for a start. I am for you if, I am not for you if. And it's very clear. If a kid in the Zoom call bugs you, we're not going to work together. And when we're having the discovery call now, I make it very clear. I'm like, I want you to understand that I'm a mom. And I think since I've been open about it and I've been attracting more moms who get it, right? I had an accountability call with a good friend the other day. We were talking business, talking about her offers and she was giving her kid a bath while we had the conversation. That's the kind of business I want to do. That is wonderful. Because I think in that when you make it okay for you, you make it okay for them. 
100%. So they're able to show up and like, oh my gosh, here's a safe place where I can come and just be me as well. And I, I hope everybody really gets that because once you commit to that, and this is who you're showing up to be, because this is who you are, that the right people are going to line up and the wrong people are going to fall away. Yeah, I've seen this, even when I talk with people that have, you know, it's like, you only want to work four days a week, that's okay. You know, just let people know. I've even had people on my team come to me and say, you know what, I'm just going forward, I'm going to take Thursdays off. And I'm like, oh, wow, good for you, right? Yeah. Because as long as I know, then we can, you're going to get your work done. So obviously, you're responsible. Yeah. So I don't care when you get things done. All of right. them said that there was a fear in saying that, not just with me, but you know, they have other clients to their clients, like, and they said, not one of their other, nobody raised an eyebrow about it. Everybody was really happy for them. But that's another piece of the whole employee mindset, right? That we have to work a solid nine to five or eight to four, whatever it is, Monday to Friday. Even with all the work that I've done to try and flip my mindset and to really embrace, you know, a, a less corporate style business. I actually discovered just a few weeks ago that, you know, working on the weekend is okay. Because in corporate, we're told all the time, when you're an employee, don't, don't work on weekends, draw your boundaries. But when you're running your own business, you absolutely can work the hours that you want when you want. And if I want to take Friday off to hang out with my kids, it's okay if I work for a couple of hours on Saturday, if I want to. That's the key right there, if you want to. Because it's also in the online space, you hear this, right? People are like, oh no, have your boundaries, do not work weekends. Do not Maybe I want to work on weekends. You know, what, do, what does that even mean? Yeah, We're doing the same thing yeah. because we go so far over the thing like, oh, boundaries and making sure and everything else. And that's the beauty of this gig is that you get to decide what it looks like. And that is terrifying for a lot of people, especially if you're coming from employment, because all of those boundaries were set for you, right? And when you are suddenly given free reign to do what you want, what do you do? You default back to what you've always known because it's safe, it's known, it's comfortable, even if it's not comfortable. And making that transition, flipping that mindset from I'm an employee versus I'm a business owner, that's a really big transition. And I don't think we talk about it enough in the online space, right? We're always, I mean, we talk about mindset as a, as a general thing, but we don't really talk about the very specific transitions that you have to make internally to embrace being a business owner when you were an employee your entire life. No matter how high up on that ladder you were, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of really acknowledging your own bullshit to make that switch and to understand that that freedom is not as scary as you think it is because you can mold that into whatever you want. And a lot of people are like, I can mold it into whatever I want, but I don't even know what I want because I've spent my whole life thinking that this is how it should be. And you get out of this box that corporate has has put you in, that your employers have put you in your entire career, and you jump into the online space for freedom uh, to be able to make your own decisions, to have your own kind of business, and you jump right back into another fucking box because all the people around you are telling you that this is what an online business should look like. This is what professional looks like. This is how you... You make yourself credible. It's like, why did you just jump into another box? And I had that conversation with myself. Sarah, why are you in another box? Get the hell out of the box, burn the box and move forward from there. Absolutely. And we have this thing that I've always heard entrepreneurship is like a crash course in personal development. Oh, yeah. Right, because we come face to face with so much stuff. And in addition to that, there is that thing that we don't know what we want. We just know it wasn't that you know, whatever we've oh, yeah. left, right? Because so often, and I've heard somebody talk about this, it may have been Megan Lamb that said, you know, that was part of her pivotal moment was when she realized she had stopped running from something and was able to decide what she was running towards. 
so it's that shift in there, right? That is like, I don't even know what the possibilities are, right? It's either we hear all this stuff about, oh, you can be a seven figure business in, you know, 42 weeks if you do X, Y, Z, right? Which doesn't quite work for everybody. <laughs> and figures. Seven figures is not the, it's not the be all end all. It's not the definition of a successful business. Thank you. But that's what we're told. So we just buy into it. I don't want to be a seven figure business owner because do you know what kind of responsibility comes with that? I don't, I don't want seven figures in my business. I have long said, (laughs) I don't want to be Oprah, right? I would never want to be Oprah. I'm sure Oprah enjoys being Oprah, right? Mm -hmm. But let Oprah be Oprah. I, I don't want to work like that. No, I want to pay my bills. I want to take my kids on holiday. Right. And it's funny because even as, as I've made this shift in my business over the last year or so, and yet another one that is in full happening right now, you know, part of it was looking at someone in a session that I was in had said, you know, about the six figures. And so, you know, it gave me like that place, but it never felt exactly right to me because for me, business strategies, growth strategies, they'll help you get wherever you want to go. And not everybody wants to be six figures. Exactly. If if all you want to do is make enough to send your kid to private school, yay, you get to do that. So it's been really nice with most current shift with me is that I'm dropping that six figure thing. But it gave me again, in the whole growth part of it, it gave me a place to operate from and really fully see like that's not for me. So, you know, that's the thing too, I think people need to understand is try it. And maybe it'll work and maybe it won't, but you'll learn there's no failure. There's the opportunity of learning in that that either, hey, this really works for me, and it feels right, or it doesn't. And then you get to change it, right? I say all the time, it's like Play-Doh. If you don't like it, smush it up and build whatever you want yeah because you get to choose i think we need to also talk more about quote unquote failures we don't talk enough about that in the online space right i tried this i flopped horribly here's what i learned right we need to have more of those conversations and that's it that's all let the guilt go i say this after having worked with a mindset coach for quite a bit you know because there there was just that even in in shifting and changing the whole name of the podcast and the business right now i really knew that things weren't landing the way that I wanted them to, but I procrastinated, which, you know, is fear because somebody's going to judge me. Somebody's going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, look, what a dumbass, what a flake, you know, and all the, well, they're going to think whatever they think anyway. I still have to do what's right for me. Yeah. So gotcha. that's it. Like people are going to be people like, <laughs> yeah. let them be like, do what's right for you. Oh, there's so much that we keep ourselves from in that place. Yeah. I mean, so. that's been a huge change for me having to like, I launched a couple of things recently that I was like, okay, I want to try this out. And I was very transparent with my community this is an experiment i'm gonna try it out let's see if it works it didn't work okay i'm letting it go that is not something i could have done even a year ago without the mindset work right that is something that would have just absolutely crippled me oh my gosh i'm a failure people are gonna think i'm I'm a lunatic or i'm a loser or i'm a whatever and they're gonna think like you said i'm a flake but no i tried it didn't think it through all the way didn't work might work in a different capacity in a different time right now it's not for me going to let it go. And we need to do that because I see so many business owners who like just hold on to something, an idea for so long past it's all by date because they don't want to be seen as a quote unquote failure. Yes, very much so. And it's the confidence. I always say that the confidence comes in the doing, right? Because in the doing, it worked or it didn't work, but you learned something in it either way that builds that confidence and in who you are so that the next time, you know, you just show up. I love that you said that, you know, I was very transparent with my community because people get it when you are attracting the right audience, they get it. They're not sitting there like, oh, look what Sarah did now. Yeah. And even you know? if they are, who cares? 
<laughs> really. Right? right? Because they're really not, that's, I guess my point is like, yes, there are going to be people who do that, but they're not really part of the community. No. Right? They're just there for the popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So having that community, which, you know, and I want to talk about this now because it's no surprise to me to see you really embrace this corporate rehab yeah. brand <laughs> and helping people move through that. And I think, you know, some people might see that. So I want you to clarify this because when I first saw it, like it made sense with everything that I saw you talking about. But then I thought, is she shifting to help people transition from their corporate job into the online world? Or is this about the mindset of moving from the employee corporate mindset to being a business owner for those who are already in business. Right. I think it's a little bit of both. And the reason I say that is because my passion, my number one passion is obviously the mindset piece of helping women, particularly women, because that's always been, it's always been my passion, helping them understand that they can truly grow a business, a legacy business that can change their life, that can support their life in the way they want. They can build that business how they want. And for me, the journey was really understanding that I don't have to do it the way everybody tells me I have to do it. I have to be true to my values. Oh, well, what do I value? Because my entire career, I have upheld the values of my company, the values of my employer, the people around me. I've never really stopped and considered what are my values. Most people go into business because they want time freedom, they want money freedom, they want freedom with their families. But that's surface level, right? If you really want to get deep into it and you really want to stay committed to your vision and your values, you really have to understand why you're doing it. And that goes so much deeper than I want time freedom and money freedom and time with my family. So that piece is really, really important to me, the mindset piece. Rewiring that employee mindset of the nine to five, of having to do it a specific way, of never saying no to a client, of all of these things that we bring with us in the transition from employee to business owner, but also helping you build the nuts and bolts of the operations of your business, of the foundation of your business. Because when you can build a really solid foundation built on your own values and your own vision and your own mission and your own why and how you want to live and a business that fits in your life, not the other way around, then you have the two key pieces that you need to build a business that serves you and that you're not a slave to. And so that's really kind of the gist of corporate rehab is rehabilitating all of the whys and the myths and the shoulds that we've been told, not only from our employers and our employment life, but now coming into the online business space about what that's supposed to look like. Just burning all that shit down and doing it how you want and feeling comfortable doing it how you want. That's super important to me. I love that so much. And I know you've got a workbook that our listeners can download. It's the top three toxic beliefs of employee mindset, how to detox from a career in corporate. Yes. So good. So good. And the thing is, we don't a lot of times realize we're even telling lies. Right? Yeah. We're just like, we're just operating. And that's something when I was talking with Mindy on an episode that we had recorded, we talked about that, that is that consciousness, you know, where you can't do anything about it until you're conscious of what's happening or of your belief or whatever. And I love that you're helping people see that because what I see with the post that you put out and why I recommend that people follow you is because things are happening that we're not even aware of. Like as long as you're in a coma and you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when you come to consciousness that you're like, oh, wait, I think that's what you're doing just in the post that you put out, not even even to mention the work that you're doing when you're working with people, but just the post that you're putting out there is, 
I, I see so many women who are like, oh my gosh, yes. Oh, is that what you call this? Right? <laughs> it's, it's like they're feeling it, they're living it, and, and they don't have a name for it. And so there you are like this beacon, like, you know what? It's it's okay. Oh, thank you. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. So yeah. I love and appreciate so much because for me, I think there are so many women and my whole thing is like your voice matters. Yeah. Like what you do can will make such a difference, just like what you're doing. So in that, don't let all this other bullshit like stifle your voice just because, you know, some idiot told you at some point something yeah. that, you know, you took in. Also, ourselves, you know, that we hold ourselves in the guilt and the responsibility, like, oh, whatever that may look like for, you know, and for different people, it looks like different things. But when we realize it, then there's all, like you were saying earlier, like there's this shame, yeah. you know, but it's not, it was self care. Yeah. Right. That's another thing so, too like the whole myth of self-care, like don't even get me started on that, right? Yes, it's great to take a bubble bath and go for a spa day and go for a walk and have a quiet coffee, but self-care is so much deeper than that, mm-hmm. right? Self-care is mental health. Self-care is being able to say no. Self-care is actually asking yourself the really hard questions of why is this coming up for me? Why does this trigger me? Why does this bother me? Why won't I do that? And like you were saying, so for me, my my cornerstone value is empowerment. And empowerment for me has three key pieces. And the first piece is awareness. Until you are aware, like you said, you walk around in a haze and you can't change anything. No matter how much strategy you throw at it, no matter how much money you throw at it, no matter how many offers you throw at it, if you are not aware of the foundational issues, nothing is going to change. And that's, we see so many people out there, you know, who have spent tens of thousands of dollars on courses and programs and coaching and, you know, and yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces to your business, but Mm -hmm. it's that foundation. If you don't have that foundation that is aligned with you because it starts with you. So many of us will get into the online space or any business. I used to have a scrapbook store way back in the day. I'm not even a scrapbooker. (laughs) Anyway. You know, we get in there and we think, oh, well, we're so busy with, well, this is how you do it. And this is how you build it. And this is, we'll get into that a whole other day, the whole mindset behind the offers and all that BS. But it is very much where we get in there and think that we have to do this model that somebody else says, right? And we lose sight of why we want to do it. We don't go deeper on the why. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, like sometimes the why is I need to pay the bills. Yeah. Right. Like that's your surface. Why? Like that's a real thing. I need to pay the bills. And I was thinking how, you know, but you have to go deeper to the core of it as you are building that business. Because if it's just that you have to pay the bills and things get hard, you'll go get another job. Right. Because if it's just the money piece, you'll find the thing I can make money in all these other different places. So it's digging deeper. And I love that you said that about your mission and all of that, because those are the parts that everybody wants to skip over. Yeah. Because because they're the tough conversations. They are. And people think they're fluffy. Oh, I know what my values are. Do you though? (laughs) Do you really? Like when you really sit down and think about it, you know, what do you stand for? And I mean, I have a whole exercise that I actually used to do with my students when, because I I taught business and entrepreneurship at college. And that's one of the very first things I told all of them before we started this semester was you need to figure out what you want your life to look like before you figure out your business plan, because you want your business to fit into your life, not the other way around. But we've all been conditioned that you know, work comes first. It was funny. I was I was reading something last night about work-life balance. And it just came to me that companies that support work-life balance or, or say they do, a lot of the time it's like, yeah, we'll support your the life part of the work-life balance so long as it fits into the work part. Yes. 
And if it doesn't fit Which into means work hard, don't get pregnant. Hard. Don't get pregnant. Make sure your kids never get sick. Uh, make sure your spouse or your partner never gets sick or isn't available to, to, to you know, take over. Or your aging head. parents. Or your parents. Yeah. Only go on holiday when it's all right for us and convenient for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 2006 and I was diagnosed with cancer and I had, you know, surgery and everything was okay. Thank goodness. But I remember my boss at the time saying, when I said, I'm going to need like a month to recuperate minimum. He's like, if you come back in 10 days, your job will still be here. Any longer than that, we can't hold it for you. So I was at my desk 10 days later, drinking through a straw with bandages all over, all over my neck, all over my head, because I could not, you know, I wasn't fully healed. But that's the thing when you have bills to pay and you are, you know, when, when jobs are hard to come by, we fall into this, okay, this, this acquiescence, this um, accommodation of things that completely trample our values and what's important to us. And when we come out of this employment space, we really honestly, and I say this with all the love in my heart, you have no fucking clue what your values are because you've never been given an opportunity to express them or to honor them or to live them. And that is why so many people start businesses and they just, they flounder. That fits so well because there's this thing that I've noticed over the last year and a half or so as I talk with other female online business owners. And that is, I see that they're trying to hire VAs, virtual assistants and or specialists to tell them what to do next in their business, Mm -hmm. right? Because they haven't really thought it through. It's just, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to build. This is how much money I need to make. And I'm I'm starting to get there. And I just need somebody to tell me what to do next. And they're, they're trying to find that in virtual assistants or these specialists like a copywriter or whoever, rather than really getting to like a business development mentor coach. So with the corporate rehab community you've got coming up, tell everybody about your workbook and the corporate rehab community. I know they're going to be able to, and we'll put this in the show notes, it will be bit.ly forward slash corporate hyphen rehab hyphen sign up. Yes. Is the link. Tell us about your workbook. And I know you've got a community coming up soon. So let's talk about that. Okay, awesome. It is, you know, things like time freedom, money freedom, being able to make decisions. So I, I go through the the three big ones and talk you through, you know, why do you still think this way? How can you fix it? It's not a fluffy PDF. It's actually like, let's dive deep into this. And if you start there and you just kind of take that, that should really help a lot. The community that I'm, I'm launching is really a space for women who are tired of being told that this is what business is supposed to look like. This is what you need to be to be successful for women who are maybe just transitioning out of employment, who are kind of, you know, one foot in employment, one foot in business. Women who have been in business for a couple of years and are stuck feeling like, I don't know where to go next, like you were saying, right? Why are we hiring people to tell us what to do? Oh, because we have arbitrary goals like six figures or I have to launch. Oh my God, there's a tangent there that I'm not going to get into. But the whole (laughs) I have to launch to be successful. Mm, Oh, one day, Teresa, we'll talk about that. But this community is a place for women to come together and really start to examine what is holding them back where they have blocks in their mindset, what sort of thought shifts they need to make, and also a shit ton of practical support, how to develop your mission, vision, values. You know, what sort of uh, foundational pieces do you need in your business? What do you need to invest in? What can you wait? Like everything that I wish I had known when I started in business, I'm hoping to share that with the community, including having guest experts come in who can talk about their different you know, areas of expertise in their journeys. Because my mission really is to help women who want a legitimate business 
to have a legitimate business on their terms in a way that really aligns with the life that they have been craving for so long. And that's why they took the leap to, to leave the employment space. So good, because that's where the sustainability comes in. Yeah. And that's what's going to help you grow that business that is going to be there next year, three years, five years, yeah. when it's completely connected with you. Because that is, for me, such a big, important piece of it all is, are you really in? Like, are you really in? And again, as people come into the space with great ideas, and, you know, business models, and all of that, like, there are, I do believe that there are certain business models, right? But it's even within that you get to shift how it operates, you know, but the sustainability piece is like, is it just a good idea? Are you just panicking because you need to make money right now? If yeah. so, that's okay, too. We can talk about that and figure out a way for you to do that. And as you do that, if you want to grow a sustainable business, something that's going to last and be there for you, I love that there are other women out here doing this that I can refer people to like yourself that it's just real. It's not about woo or fluff. But Mindy and I were talking about it. I don't know that it's so much woo as much as it's like, oh, that works, right? It's like there's, yeah, like it happens. And then, the synchronicities. Right. Yeah. It's not that I'm saying I, I'm going out in the garage with, you know, a pink sock and a green sock and standing on my head <laughs> for three minutes. You know, to me, that's kind of the woo stuff, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. things like that. But there are things like the law of attraction and all of that, not sitting on the couch. That's a whole other discussion, yeah. you know, not sitting on the couch, hoping and wishing because, yeah. you know, they'll come you take your furniture away. No, you're still going to do the work. Exactly. But there are things that you can see as you're doing it. And again, the confidence comes in the doing. In the doing. So Sarah, thanks so much for sharing this. And we will uh, be sure and put the link to your corporate rehab community. Such a safe space too. Absolutely. You know, where yeah. somebody's not going to mansplain or womansplain or Heck any kind no. of splains, right? It's just like, oh my gosh, I can be here and it's safe. Absolutely. So thank you for showing up and being the incredible human that you are to thank empower you. all these other people in our space. I appreciate you. And that sound means it's time to look at our random bag of questions with really anybody who's been listening for a while knows they're not all that random. <laughs> so there are just things that I like to, to get to know about people. So let's talk about first up, because we've been talking business, let's start with a would you rather? Would you rather vacation in Alaska or the Bahamas? The Bahamas, 100%. 100% why? Mm -hmm. I grew up in the cold white north, and I don't do cold very well. I would prefer a nice hot locale if I'm going to relax. I love that. I'm right there with you. Give me some water, <laughs> some blue skies. I'm a happy, happy girl. Mm -hmm. My youngest daughter is just the opposite. She can't, she lives for winter. And I'm like, I don't know how you came from us. <laughs> because that's just, we're just look at her like she's nuts. Great. So in your business, we've all got the uh, bottom line is important, yes. obviously. But other than the bottom line, what's the next most important number in your business? Time, how much time I allow myself to be away from the business. As in vacation or? No, even just when, you know, when I'm logging off at the end of the day, how much time I'm spending for myself to do the things that I enjoy that I never had time to do before I started my own business. And, you know, that goes back, of course, to the clarity, right? Yeah. That you get and that you get to choose how much you work and how much you don't. Yeah. 
I will love it when we see fewer and fewer women online who are saying, you know, oh my God, I was up till three o'clock and then I was back up with the kids at six and, you know, because, oh my gosh, that's a whole other discussion because sometimes it's your rates are just really, really off. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many parts and pieces to this. And I love that we're able to talk about all these things. That's the other thing. Like, it's okay to talk about these things. You know, sometimes like I, I think that we, we read things or see something and, you know, from let's say a guru and we think, oh, well, what I'm thinking and feeling is wrong then because it doesn't line up with that. But nobody wants to say it out loud. Oh my gosh, way back in the day when I used to be in the church and all that, I remember I called the pastor one day, Mm -hmm. right? And I said, that sermon this morning, like I read that that scripture and that's not what I get from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he and he tried to explain to me, you know, and I said, right, I hear what you're saying, but, but that's this is what this is what it's saying to me. And it ended up sadly, but not surprisingly, that, you know, basically, who was I to question him, a man of yeah. the cloth, and yeah. you know, that whole thing. But I think that that's prevalent everywhere, you know, people don't want to speak up, because what if that guru reads this, or all of the guru fanatics who are now going to attack me because I yeah. Spoke out and ask a question or said, you know, I, I, I think there's something different. Yeah. Yeah. And then we end up feeling like we're the ones walking around feeling the crap, but it's again, it's okay. Yeah. And again, with the space that you're creating for people to be able to say these things and ask these questions. Right. So yeah. thank goodness. All right. right. Now I've got a question from a previous guest who asked, how do you keep going when you've exhausted all the usual tricks, like the bag of tricks that we all do, like going to your accountability partner and all of that? How do you find things that motivate you to get past where you're at? It's something that I've only recently learned to do. And it is walking away, walking away from all of it. When I start to get frustrated, when I feel like burning it all down, when I just, I feel overwhelmed. Traditionally, that's when I have pushed through or told myself that this is what's happening and just push through, push through. But now I just walk away. I shut my computer off. I take a full day off, sometimes even more. I let my clients know and I just, I unplug. And we need to normalize doing that. We need to normalize not pushing through. That's been enormously helpful for me. And that is another one of those self-care tips, Yep. right? It's like, just walk away. And sometimes for me, it's just walking out and getting my hands and putting my hands in the dirt, especially yeah. you know, during the summer when we've got a garden or my flowers. It's just like, oh, it's just so yeah. nice just to Go break free. Go watch the Netflix garden, read a book, or just take a nap. Sarah, before we go, what is a question that you would like for me to ask a future guest? Well, keeping in line with the whole corporate rehab thing, what boundary do you have to consistently hold yourself to honoring in your business? Is it one that they would struggle with or? I think it would be like any boundary they have to constantly remind themselves of. So for example, for me, it's constantly reminding myself that I can say no to clients, to coaches, to anybody. If it doesn't feel right, I'm allowed to say no without guilt, without shame, without judgment. Yeah, what boundary do you have to consistently remind yourself to honor? Thank you for that. I will add that to our bag of questions. And, you know, I've said one of the biggest lessons for me in years past has been just because I can doesn't mean I should. So, you know, keeping that at first, it was, you know, we just automatically we're helpers, we're fixers, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Right. And the other thing I learned in that is that sometimes we're robbing other people of the opportunity to step up when we 
feel like we have to do it all. Yeah. Well, Sarah, it has been a pleasure. I would love to have you back on oh, another episode to talk about the, oh my God, so much, <laughs> so much. We might need to do like a, a, a series, show, a series. Yeah. This would be, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I love spending time with you and hearing what's going on in your world and how you're empowering other women out there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast. If it resonated with you, be sure to share it on Facebook and tag me to let me know how you're using this info to grow your online business. And of course, you're always welcome in our free Facebook community. And you can get there by going to growthstrategiescafe.com forward slash Facebook. Hey, while you're at it, go ahead and invite a friend. We'd love to have you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.